Hi, Mark Evers here, and welcome to the Human Maintenance Podcast. Here with my calling partner, Mr. Graham Hetcher. Graham, how are you feeling today? Hot. Is it? Yeah, it's about 1,500 degrees outside right now. That's what the girls always say about you, too, isn't it? You're oh, right. man. <laughs> Makes me know I don't want to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> it is hot. Yeah, it is hot. Yeah, in central PA today here, uh, it is a hot one. We've been in uh, close to 100 and high 90s and humid. And Those of you tuning in, if you're in a heat, hot, heated climate, you got to stay cool. It's important to keep the body cool. Part of the maintenance is to uh, hydrate. Yeah, it's one of the things right now, it's a COVID age, and uh, we really should be discussing and checking in on people that don't have sufficient air conditioning, because they're supposed to be confined, and at the same time, uh, you can be in a very bad environment if you don't have good air conditioning, and you go into the inner cities, you can see some real problems. Oh, I know, it's, 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 it's sad what's going on, but uh, we're going to stay on the positive track. You got it. Because we can't fix that, we can... You know, just only try. You know, help, pray, and and just put out some content to help people, give them some inspiration here and some motivation with uh, what we're talking about. So we've been into like a motivational series called Game Plan for Aging or Game Plan for Living. Your four quarters of life. So our last episode, we we got into the four quarters, and I'll just recap what those are. So when if we're going to live to eighty, we you know we're basing on average lifespan, Graham. You know, seventy six to eighty. Uh, is the average for men, 78 to 84 for women. So if everybody's going to go to 80, that's the end of the game. The first quarter of life is when you're first born to age 20. Now, you and I are well out of that one, did you, but you do remember the first quarter. Or did you kill some brain cells back then? Oh, I still remember. <laughs> <laughs> but how much fun did you have in that first quarter of life? Quite a bit. Yeah, that's the mission. Second quarter of life is 21 to 39. And... Uh, if you're tuning in today and you're in that second quarter of life, you know, our life starts to change. We've got to go to work. My start having a family. More serious stuff is going on with our lives. Uh, and now your birthdays are going quicker. Halftime is 40 to 41. you got one year. Regroup. How the first quarter, two quarters of life go? And then come out of the locker room for the second half. And then 42 to 60 is the third quarter. I'm in the tail end. And Grant, well, you're in that fourth quarter. 61, yeah, 61 yeah, to 80. Now, let me ask you something. When you when you entered the fourth quarter psychologically, were you, are you one of those type of people like got weird about your age? Well, I'll tell you what. the My 70th birthday yeah. was the weirdest. Why was that so weird turning 70? It just seemed like such a hallmark. <laughs> I mean, it's not like 59 or something. Um, it it was a real hallmark because uh, it, it's a, a bell ringing telling you. <laughs> well, plus when you have 70 of years of life, you've seen a lot more people go before you. Well, that's true. You Versus start like in your, your first quarter life, you know, uh, I mean, I had an experience in the first quarter life. My best friend passed of cancer, and which is unusual, but right. that doesn't happen for most. No. But 70, you know, the clock is ticking, and it's ticking faster. Have you noticed that? It's seven, when you turn 70, when your birthday starts <laughs> well, quicker? Well, when you're beyond 70 and you go to a high school reunion, you can have it at McDonald's. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's not that many people around anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, and it, it's not only that, but it is lifestyle. And it takes, I think, I've always... My father said at 83, he said, you know, getting old ain't for sissies. There was a book published. Oh, really? Was, oh, yeah. It's on my desk I had upstairs. no idea Did you see it. that upstairs in my office? Yeah. Wow. 
And I don't want to offend anybody about the word sissies because, you know, but that's old school. And But there is a, a best-selling book on aging. And it was one of my favorite books when I was writing my book, The Four Cores of Life, about that topic, that growing old. And, and basically what they mean by that, if you're going to grow old well, you got to be tough. Okay, it's not easy to take care of yourself as you age because our bodies are changing so rapidly when we get into these quarters of life. But the good news is all the stories in that book are very inspirational. Their senior citizens are well into their 80-plus years of life, and they all love life in their senior years. I mean, how many people do you know, Graham, that say, oh, I love being 85? It's fantastic to be 90. The truth of the matter is, if you want to know how to get through high school, you look at the people that graduated. And it's the same thing here. You can you can watch people who are elderly and vivacious. Now, I want to know what they eat, how they think, what they do, what their past life was like. And that's because you mentioned about in the first quarter, you're, you're happy, right? If you live right, you're going to be happy through all those quarters even the last quarter of life. And that is because you can remain creative and you can remain active, but you got to have the toolbox and the toolkit to get you there. Yeah. You know what I see all too often, we're going to be getting this uh, in some of our uh, upcoming episodes are what we call the behavior hurdles of life. You know, the things that get in our way from tapping into that toolbox, we want to reveal these because there's things that everybody that's listening to the podcast is going to have to deal with, and if, until you conquer it, these hurdles, you know, it's going to be another roadblock in your life. So when you were 70, and then you hit the big 75, did your mm-hmm. mindset well, change? Well, I'm not there yet. September. I know, it's coming up, though. Yeah. You got a, you got like a couple months here. Is your mindset any different going into that birthday versus 70? Yes, I think my, my goals have changed in that, even though I've been involved in service in over 30 years as coroner and different things like that, and then prior to that, the military, um, I I want to leave everything better than when I got here. Yeah, and that's not easy in today's world. So what when I you explain it when you leave every you mean? Can you break that down a little bit? What that means? Yeah, I, I was coming over here with my daughter Donna, uh, <laughs> Monica, rather. I don't know where that came from. Uh, And uh, I was trying to articulate this uh, girl that we have as an intern right now, which is helping us at the forensic lab. And that internship program itself has changed so many lives. And I look at those lives that we've changed as seeds. Yeah. And each one of them will be producing so much more than I ever have in my lifetime and hopefully, and uh, it just, that's the most satisfying thing for me today. Not money, not anything else, you know, accumulation means nothing. Well, you know, at the end of the day, the hearse doesn't stop at the bank. You don't yeah. take the money with it. I mean, it's that's nice, right. it's a comfort if you have it, if you're fortunate, and if you've done well, that's great. Uh, you know, sometimes we do get hung up on money because it's just in front of us all the time. But I, I think you're right. I think if we can leave this world uh, on a positive note, and we can, if we, that's like, you know, all the talks that, that I've given over the years. My inspiration is that somebody walks out of that, that room or that conference feeling better about why they came. 
you know, that, wow, you know, I've never thought about the maintenance. And at the end of the day, we we'll keep reminding them about that. So as we age. To live this quarter well, you have to think about a good life and a good death. Exactly. But a lot of people don't want to think about the end That's game. That's right. They don't want to think about the end game because it's scary. You see it all the time because you live in it. But those that are, have fear uh, towards the tail end of life, you know, I'm a hospice volunteer and I learned a lot, you know, working with hospice that when you see the patients that are tailing, you know, tailing off at the end, those that have a comfort with themselves and, and with God are okay. You know, I'm dealing with this with my follow right now and, and he's okay. You know, he's like, I've had 84 good years on this planet and I've got a great family, uh, you know, and he's grateful for the time that he's had, even though he's ill. So you can't escape the reality of what you deal with every day. No. Because so what we want to do is button up our four quarters of life with game plan and then um, have a good discussion here. And I want everyone, you know, thinking about this reality of aging, you know, you're going to have so many years to live. Now, you could live beyond uh, the fourth quarter, Graham. You know, you got a good lifestyle. You might go well into your 80s. So when you turn 81 to 85, again, using a sports analogy, that would put you into overtime in life. Overtime. Yeah, my both my my father and my mother made it into overtime, one not so well because of Alzheimer's, unfortunately, yeah, my that's... mother. But my father, up until 83 or 84, split his own wood to heat his own house. We even bought him a wood splitter, but he never wanted to use it. He said, no, nah, it's better just to split it because that way I get warm twice. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's great, because when you hear about these, these senior citizens, that like your father, when they live these ripe old ages, there are ingredients for them to live that long and to be able to successfully, you know, get through life. And that's one of the reasons that when they take care of themselves, they take care of their homes, they split in wood. You know, there's a book called The Blue Zones. You might be familiar with it. And that, that book focuses on the oldest people in the world. And there's regions around the world where people, the average age is 100 plus. And fascinating, when you look at the way they live, there's a lot of, there's a commonality with how they're living. And if we could all live the way the Blue Zones live, which we live in America, and it's almost, I don't say impossible, but it's very difficult to live like a Blue Zone. We live in a beautiful environment, but our advancements have been very costly because they have broken our synergism with what the normal human environment should be. And that is fresh fruits, not uh, genetically modified fruits, not having uh, weed killer on them, uh, not having cattle that are uh, warehouse and fed antibiotics and so many other things. So we have a unique problem here. We live a very high standard, but we're not living it as long as those societies. Yeah. Plus, we're, we're, we, we like good and plenty you know remember the candy good and plenty yeah we like it good and we want plenty of it when you look at the portion sizes and everything else associated with what we live in, right. in america and then you know fast food on top so a lot of people already know that but in this this time period in life overtime now you could live longer than that okay so if you push beyond overtime like my mom went to 90 okay uh, i've had other relatives living in their 90s and based on your genetics and your lifestyle you know, you could live that long. And it was interesting. I was giving a talk and uh, I was going to four quarters and I was in a kind of a rough environment. 
And I laid this out there and I said, okay, if you're still living and you went beyond overtime, now you turn 86 and beyond, what's next in the game of life? And this guy yells out with a rough voice, you're in sudden death. Now, I don't like to use that analogy because it's a little harsh, but in sports, they do call that that, or I like to call it double overtime. So you exceeded those, you know, the, the fourth went to the overtime. Now you're in double OT. So how many folks do you know, Graham, that you that uh, have gone into uh, double OT, that they're 86 and beyond? Have you had many folks in your life that lived that long? I have met a few, and... Uh... I would say most of them were positive. I don't think you can get there without being positive in one way or another because you you first have to have the will to, to breathe. So just think of yourself. 40 years from now, do you want to be living? You say, 40 years from now? Oh, my gosh, I ache now. <laughs> right. You know, so it's, uh, I think it's an attitude. That guy that said, what is it, it's sudden death? Sudden death. Yeah. If, if he would have, at that speech, if he would have popped up and said, and you said, what do you look for in the last, what, overtime? Yep. Uh, and if he would have said, marriage <laughs> or children, <laughs> now you got yourself a real optimist. <laughs> yeah, you don't see, yeah, I, I haven't seen that yet in my career. That, uh, <laughs> but there could be a few out there because well, that, hey. that, that, that'll keep you young. That'll yeah, it will. And so when you're thinking about this this reality that we're all living with, it's called life, uh, and we're going to have these birthdays. And, and with age, we all know comes risk, you know, risk, and there's also risk-reward. So I'm a firm believer that if you maintain you throughout the entire course of your life, which we get off track, but we're going to get on the track. And if you can stay on the track, like my friend Jack LaLanne when I met him, oh, I, I mean, the yeah. guy was just amazing because he was one of the few human beings that actually – on a regular basis, literally practice what he preached. You know, a lot of people might not even know who Jack was. Oh, it depends was. on your age. You, yeah. may have, you might be close. So he if you don't know. Juicy. Yeah, he, he invented juicing. He invented juicing, really. He, he did. That yeah. and functional exercise. Yeah. He was the one in his living room. Yeah, he was a terror. I remember him in his. Oh. Uh, he was a short little guy, too. Oh, he was tiny. Yeah, he was only yeah. like five, I don't know, five, six, five, seven, but yeah. a little mighty man. So if you don't know who he is, you're not, you know, you look him up. He's yeah, funny. Just, just Google his name, Jack Lane, and watch some of his old videos. It's just amazing. He did the first televised health show. He did on on TV ever. Yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, Graham, do you know how many years he was on TV? He started in black and white, and he went to color. Well, I remember TV. seeing him on black and white. I never, I didn't see him on color. But no, he did. Yeah, he was on for. I think it was 32 years, he would show up in your living room and take you through an exercise routine, and he would use props. He would use a chair. Chair, a yeah, couch. I do remember that. He was in his living room, and here's a little trivia for you. He always had a white German shepherd in his in his living room while he was exercising. I can't, do you remember, I can't remember his, that. Now, he outlived all his shepherds, but he was always <laughs> finding another one. Do you, know long, do you know what his dog's name was? What? Happy. <laughs> well, he Hi, happy. Come here, happy. He was a, that's a great name for a dog. Very poisonous. Uh, uh, he was a very positive man. Oh my gosh, he was so positive. His energy level was off the hook. I don't want to spend too much time on Jack, but I learned a lot from these seasoned players in life. Right. That did it right. If we can take some of those nuggets of what they have done, you know, just like any other mentor in your life, if you if you if you apply what they've taught you or trained you on. 
you apply it to your life, you know, and you practice it, you're going to have a better life. Well, look at it. What he did is he took care of what he put in his body, what he put in his mind, because positivity. Yep. He, every day, he practiced movement, real movement. Every day. And even up into his late years, he had a physical challenge every year he would do. You know, swimming and pulling people in a rowboat and all this other stuff with a rope around them. Yeah, I call him the Houdini of exercise. Yeah, yeah he was. He, he really was. was. Yeah, and again, if you don't know who he is, please look him up. You'll be blown away. I don't care if you're 20 years old or 10 years old. It doesn't, age doesn't matter. When you, when you see a guy like Jack, he's a true inspiration. So those are the cores of life. And I do know this. I spent some time working in nursing homes. And mm-hmm. my encouragement to everybody uh, listening is, I bet you everybody knows somebody that finished life in a nursing home. My mom took her last breath in a nursing home. And I remember going to visit her, uh, how I felt my emotions uh, were just always um, very stressful, you know, going in to visit with her. And if you've ever been in the environment of a nursing home, which I'm sure you have, Grand, many times, uh, that's the last place we want to finish out the game. If we can finish out the game at home. It shouldn't be. And that that environment should change. When uh, Monica and I were in India, we were discussing older people because they don't have social support systems and stuff like they do over here. But many people go to what they call an ashram, which is sort of like a religious community. But the impressive part was the concept of community. You get old, you become part of a community, which then doesn't put you in a single room or a double room with fluorescent lighting and hospital beds and everything. It challenges you each day. Right. You have the ability to do gardening. You have this, you have that. It's like a... It's a more holistic approach right. to finishing out life versus being in a sterile There room. are some of those developing yeah. in this country where people... Uh, have everything from helping with sustaining the, the community itself. In other words, working, maybe waiting on tables, yeah. maybe building something, you know, contractors and stuff. There, They live in nursing homes too. Yeah. Well, you know, years ago when I was working with the Department of Aging here in Pennsylvania. That's uh, right, you did have that. Yeah, I, yeah. I worked with them for years as a consultant in building these programs for seniors. Uh, there was some research done uh, years ago when they looked at the senior population hanging out. And you don't have to be a senior citizen to live in a nursing home either. I mean, you've, well, that's true. You could have gone through a stroke MS, or something yeah, that landed, yeah. but majority are you know senior citizens. Uh, do you know the majority of them living in these facilities are there because of lack of human maintenance? They yes, did, they yeah. just didn't take care of themselves. Well, I met a woman, 108 years old, in a nursing home in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and um, uh, she was married to the former CEO of Hershey Trust. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so she had some money, but she was there. Her mind was still sharp. And I interviewed her one day. I said, 108 years old. How do you keep it all together? And she said, well, I think positively every day. Like you said, Graham, you're talking about the positive mindset. And she said, I move constantly. I'm a dancer. And I'm I still dancer. practice dancing. You know, I can't do what I did, obviously, when I was younger, but I still dance. And regardless of what you can do or how limited you are, you got to find something that will keep you alive. 
And so she was practicing dancing, you know, in the nursing home. And I, she showed me a little tap routine. She was, I said, oh my, I wish I had my camera. I should have filmed that because she was, and what a wonderful lady she was. She was just so positive. But she was not in the skilled side of the nursing facility. She was in assisted living. So there's those stepping stones, as you right. know. Right. Well, assisted living is fairly new concept, and it's a good one. It uh, is good. But it it does not, I think we have to challenge the expectations of what older people can do and how to help them to get there. Yeah, because I watched my mother. She progressed. She started in the assisted living. And she was doing pretty well. I mean, she missed her home, and she, you know, you know that that that's all part of life. And you know, my because my dad's been gone for many years. But once she got in the groove of it, she started kind of liking it. You know, she didn't have to worry about her house, and they had happy hour every day with their buddies. It was a very social environment, and she's a really social woman. And you know, she she got it, got in the groove, and then when she got ill and she came down with cancer, then that was a yeah. was a decline that uh, that wasn't fun to watch. But well, they're they're all battles, and sometimes we can go out easily, and sometimes it's tough. But well, and here's the other thing about why we're doing this: human maintenance. We you know we referenced the the wake up call. Yes. Okay. It needs to be the wake up call for anybody tuning in. That you know you can't take your life for granted. I mean, I, and I'm sure you've seen people, we all see people, they just take life for granted. Uh, another unfortunately, day. I don't think people look at consequences today. If, if you talk to many people about life changes, especially lifestyle changes, they, they can say, well, I, I can't do that. I don't like that. Right. <laughs> or it's too hard. Right. Oh, I, I, it's too hard. I mean, I got to eat fast food because I'm on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear it all, you know, my radio show with the truck drivers, they have sure. every, and I, and I don't, you know. I okay, tell everybody what the life expectancy of a truck driver is. Late 50s, early 60s, depending on if you're over the road or. I think or the average was 61 that they did in that 61 study. 61, if, yeah, 61 in that one study, but there's been others that show that over the road drivers could be late 50s. They're wow. the ones that live on it. Wow. So, and that's, that's not good. Yeah. And so, you know, when you hear you know, the struggles that they face out there on the road, and they're legitimate because they have limited options to live right. Uh, but they all, you know, even though, like, they know they should eat healthy, everybody knows I should do certain things. The challenge is, then why don't we do them? So we're going to get into that here shortly in some of our upcoming segments. I think people will find it fascinating to find out how simple this is, but how hard it is to conquer the hurdles in life. So... In wrapping up this segment of the four quarters, Graham, all your years you've been at it, because you're, as I call, a seasoned player in life. You're not young. You're not old. But mentally, I feel like you're like a brother with me. Like you, you I don't feel like your age, I mean, I'm 60, you're set. you got approaching 15 years on me with your next birthday. and yeah. But I don't feel like that's an age gap. Well, it, a lot of that is attitude. I mean, you come out, we go for a walk, we go swimming. We go, <laughs> yeah, we do things like, you know, like we're just buds and, you know, we have a lot of commonality with this. And so I think age is a state of mind. And now people say, oh, no, it's a state of body because I don't feel good. Well, you know, it starts with your mind. It's not chronological because actually on September the 12th, I'm starting to count backwards. So, <laughs> so instead of 75, I think I'll be 73. 
or something. Yeah, back like it up. Yeah, you can be like my mom and lie about your age. Just yeah, what? Because well, so it looks yeah, my grandmother. You got a good head of hair. You know, you look good. You're fit. You know, you could you could play that off. You know, just tell people. Oh, well, I'm 68. They'll probably believe it. We're getting to the end of the day's podcast. So, what what have we? What have we come to? We've come to the fact that we're in the fourth quarter. We're talking about the fourth quarter. And this is where exercise is important. Diet's important. But the most important thing is attitude. Yeah, it's the mind. The mind. Yeah. You know, I'm doing a, I have a seminar series called Mental Safety. Mm-hmm. You know, we think about physical safety. We think about, you know, Put your PPE on to protect you on the job site. Wear your hard hat, your steel tips, and your eye protection, which is all very important. But when I look at that, you know, how many people are making mental mistakes? And right now, with all the stress that we're living under, I think people now, today more than ever, need to really get their minds in gear, okay? Uh, As tough as it is, because we're dealing with a lot of stuff. Well, it is a lot of stuff, but the, the fact of the matter is that uh, it was Churchill who said the only thing that fear is fear itself. Right. If we do, let fear dominate our lives and take away the possibility of us creating happiness through being creative, then we've lost the battle. And the fourth quarter is either going to be short or non-existent. And I think what's really cool about you, Graham, is, you know, you do sculpting, you do some very creative things, you know, when I've seen some of your work, you know, I try to be creative with writing and content and come right. up with new approaches. So I think creativity, like Walt Disney was the most creative thinkers on the planet. And when I, when I spoke with Mike Vance, his right-hand man years ago, it was amazing, you know, how creative he was. So, so in wrapping up this segment, so here's what happens in these quarters of life. We might start with a baby bottle, Okay. We progress to maybe a soda or a Red Bull. Then you might go on to an alcoholic beverage. And the last place you want to finish up on with the liquids is an IV bag. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. And so, guys, we got, we, look, we got one life to live. We can live any way we want. We're encouraging everybody today to take examine your life. Okay? And then as we come through our next segments, we're going to dive into these behavior hurdles that everybody's going to relate to them because we all got to tackle these things every single day. And so we like to say here, uh, don't wait until you break. This is your personal wake-up call. And, Graham, any final thoughts as a seasoned player in life you'd like to share with our listeners? Just fear not and live. Fear not and live, man. That's it. That's it. Keep it that simple. Fear not and live. Live it right. Live it well. Every day is a game day in life.